The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, John, your usual emergency siren emoji on Twitter, which, by the way, makes you much cooler than me because I have never used an emoji on Twitter. Is that Never? No, never once. Really? Yeah, uh, I think they're stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. But I, I've, I don't know. I just, I grew up just like writing the words that I wanted to communicate. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but nonetheless, uh, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing to communicate the, with those who do not agree with me <laughs> on emojis. And so you'll throw up that emergency siren whenever we post a new show. But this time, it actually is apropos, not to the point where I would use an emoji, obviously, mm-hmm. but it, it is apropos because we're going to talk about whether teams should be panicking or not. Should there be a panic? And also, are some of these teams that have shown a little bit more than expected for real we can talk a little bit too about if there are any season predictions that now two weeks into the season almost exactly you'd like to have a mulligan on so let's uh i mean i guess we could just start with any kind of general observations that you have so far on this season two weeks in uh just like how are you feeling about things now that we've got some sample size under our belt admittedly still a small one i feel like there actually haven't been that many surprises uh, the biggest surprise has been all the blowouts. And but in, in terms of the actual individual teams and where they are in the pecking order, I'd say we haven't seen a ton of variance from what our initial expectation would have been, let's say. That would like we're going to talk about a few teams, but I would say that there are probably 20 teams where you'd say this is at least somewhat in line with my expectations heading into this season. Yeah, that would be an interesting one of what team has been has most adhered <laughs> to right. expectations. The, the, yeah, the, you know, I, the, I saw the, the are they are what yeah, what we ahead. thought they were a team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The Dennis Green team. Yeah. Um, who, who is that, by the way? I guess if, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna tease it, we better actually answer that question, right? The Dennis Green team for me. Uh, I mean, I could go with Detroit, I guess. Um, or I could go with yeah, sort of uh, news. It's tough. Yeah, uh, um, San Antonio just being sort of blandly below average. Like that's probably right about right about in line with what we thought, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the, yeah, the Hornets are kind of like around where you would have thought they would have been. Yes. Um, yeah. And I would say the Lakers, actually. The Lakers have looked yeah, yeah, very certainly. solid so far. Certainly. They're, they're kind of the team that we thought they were going to be. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start with some of these teams here then. Uh, who is a team that it might be time to panic for? Uh, will uh, a 
team that's been below expectations should we be worried or is it and eh, it doesn't really this is it kind of a blip here so i would say my number one panic team is toronto yeah 29th in offense uh and just i mean it just looks bad right like there's just a lot of threes not much going at the rim siakam and powell both have been terrible they're getting nothing from their the centers they signed aaron baines and alex len i mean chris boucher has been their best center even as he's you know defensively suspect but he, he at least does, he at least does some stuff while he's out there though uh the the bench has not yeah. been good uh, Terrence Davis uh, has taken a step back, and there's the legal case. I think has probably been a something of an issue there. It's just that, like they just don't look good right now. Well, and foremost on that list is Pascal Siakam. Yes, yes. Uh, you can you could blame some of it on teams figuring out how to play him with smaller defenders a little better, but still, like I mean, he just hasn't been good regardless. And the their overall team speed just feels so much less impactful this year than than when you saw him last year or the year before. And, and I'm not really sure why that is. Yeah, in terms of just like pushing the ball down the floor on the fast break. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess their bench has been a major problem. I mean, we were like, oh, well, they played well when Ibaka or Gasol were out, but it was rare that both of them were out at the same time. Yeah, they always had one of them on the floor. Yeah, but but the thing is, I mean, like Pascal Siakam was playing like a top 15 player in the league at this time last year, and that gradually regressed as the season went on, and he started shooting more poorly, and kind of by the end, he was average true shooting, and then he really struggled in the bubble as well, and now he appears to have regressed even more and so for me this is such a weird year in terms of all the covid stuff and no home court advantage and playing these doubles uh or a two-game set uh yeah where you're playing two in a row against the same team at home all that stuff i'm more trying to just focus on are there specific players who look good and look bad and use that more for the predictive value than you know, anything that's been going on in terms of just because we've had such wild swings yeah and for Siakam it's just it's a real problem I mean he's he's not and and he's actually shot it okay from three at times like that it hasn't been that it's just been that he just can't actually like beat his man one-on-one and he can't make the right decision when the defense loads up on him yeah definitely and then they don't have enough surrounding talent to survive it easily either where they could shrug it off and say okay well he's slumping but we got you know but we got these other three guys going and we're still getting our 110 points and that, that that isn't happening at all uh I mean, Nor Powell has actually been maybe an order of magnitude worse than Siakam even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year, it seemed like part of the reason why Nurse was an easy pick for coach of the year. Well, one is probably because he was good in the playoffs the previous year, but uh, that, that's, that's supposed to enter yeah, into it. Course. The other reason is no matter how many injuries they had, it seemed like whoever they threw in there was able to succeed unless his name was Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, Stanley Johnson is like the, their best bench player. <laughs> right. Or maybe that'd be Boucher, but yeah. still they're getting nothing. They got no backup point guard they're not getting anything there Lowry and Van Vliet are having to play huge minutes you're hearing Lowry say yeah. stuff like they they just don't have any swaggers they've dropped to one in five so uh I mean and you mentioned the offense you know they were what 17th 18th in offense last year very reliant on the fast break so yeah. with no fast break and Pascal Siakam with a nine PR that's how you get to 29th in offense yeah definitely because the defense actually they're 10th in defense which isn't great uh, but it doesn't get you to one and six either, or one and five, excuse me. Um, the the real problem for them has been has been at the offensive end. Has any contract in NBA history gone from looking 
like a <laughs> disaster to a bargain to a disaster to a bargain to a disaster again more than Norman Powell's. He did break out a little bit. I, he's just heavy right now. He's got to lose some weight. Like I think that's the biggest the biggest I mean, issue. I saw he, that preseason. It's not the only I mean, he checked into the game against Boston and like 3 seconds later he's taking a contested 18-foot floater over Time Lord. Like what what are you doing, man? Like, uh, it's it's all a little weird. And then, you know, Aaron Baines really tailed off in the second half of last season. And he's 34. And he's just, I mean, he's just not giving him much. Yeah, I mean, him having the best year of his career at 33, he probably would qualify for the old uh, basketball prospectus fluke rule. Um, maybe not from a PR. I'm, I'm actually not. I think only his first month would have qualified. His numbers on the yeah. year actually weren't even that good because he tailed off so much. Yeah, he's. Uh, that's true. I mean, we just got sometimes so wrapped up in what happens in the first month and then you look up two months later and it's like oh actually he's reverted back to what he always was but before we move on on Toronto though I, I wanted to ask you from your executive experience what do you make of the suspension of Pascal Siak? That was weird because um, usually usually teams will try to deal with that in-house in a way that doesn't make it public. Um, you'll see a lot of times if a player does something that's against team rules, teams can publish sort of their own team rules and you can have fines for players for breaking those rules. And generally the highest those fines go is $4,999 because at 5000 they can do a grievance with the union and then that's a whole tempest you don't even need to deal with so the fact that it ended up in more than a fine of four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars to me indicated that something relatively serious happened uh and we don't know exactly what but i think i think it was more than just going back to the locker room early yeah with like 25 seconds left yeah in that philly game and then he came out after the suspension which in theory may have been to motivate him and, and laid another egg yeah i guess i mean it, you know we've heard some kind of disturbing things about him i i guess where there's just this idea that he wasn't in the right mind set in the bubble and then he came back everyone expected him to be way better and then he's not and just looked really frustrated out there and so i mean maybe maybe this is your best possible interpretation is like hey you know like you got to get out of your own head you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself like you you're a, a good teammate and a, a good man and like you just gotta like recenter with this and because he's never had any kind of like you know red flaggy not at uh, all personality no. stuff so far at all yeah yeah just out, out, out of nowhere it's really surprising yeah so i, I that's i mean that the siakam is the thing that makes me most scared for them so so uh if our panic meter is uh, on a scale of one to ten and ten is just run around your house screaming like your hair is on fire and tweet out not one not two but three siren emojis mm -hmm. uh where are you one through ten what's it like to have your hair on fire uh i've never experienced it before oh, okay I think right. if I think if I did, I would probably be at a 10 on the panic meter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said run around like your hair is on fire. I'm going to put Toronto in like a, I'm going to put Toronto at like a, a seven. Uh, yeah. I, I just think like, even if Siakam gets going, I, I think that's not, that's helpful, but that's not necessarily the only thing either yeah and so. i guess it really as it does for many of these depend on what your preseason expectations were you know if you i mean i had they, them i had yeah. them as the sixth seed in the east like i thought they would win 41 games i think i had them at in a 72 game season yeah and i was much higher on them i was like hey you know what like they, they did fine without those bigs before i thought like baines could be an adequate replacement 
and that they always seem to do well and Siakam and, and OG Ananobi and Powell were young enough to take a step forward to uh, deal with the decline from some of their older guys that Van Vliet could be at least a little bit better this year Nurse is a good coach they always see you know no matter who they lose they always seem to exceed expectations and that, so that was kind of my thinking you know I had them as my best bet on the entire board in the over under their over under was right around where you had them I think mm-hmm. like 41 and I had them winning like 45 46 games so that clearly if 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 that was my expectation in the regular season that's not gonna happen I thought they would be one of these teams that was a much better regular season team than a playoff team so I didn't yes. necessarily have them winning around in the playoffs uh, and certainly not two rounds in the playoffs so for that perspective I'm not as worried but uh you know if if your expectations were six seed and losing the first round I'm not ready to foreclose on that yet but I mean they got to turn around quickly I mean they haven't had the, the easiest schedule in the world I mean it hasn't been like games against impossible teams but they also have really only kind of had like one real patsy and that one they won yeah exactly yeah and even that game they struggled to score um so I I would put a little bit higher because I had a little higher expectations and also I'm just like I mean not only for this year but for the years to come like this is the first year of a four-year max contract for Pascal Siakam like if we're going to be talking about him four months from now as one of the worst contracts in the league then you're really at a 10 because what the fuck is this organization doing like yeah as I mean they already uh, apparently lost out on Giannis you know they're certainly if they wanted to be competitive with Dallas and Miami for free agents even the ones that remain this offseason they had to have as good a season as those teams and that appears to not be about to happen yeah yeah they could be in a in a tight spot here also, they need Norm Powell to opt out, <laughs> right? The whole well, can, the whole underlying assumption is that he'd play well enough to opt out of, of that eleven million yeah. next year. Well, they could they could stretch him, and uh, that's true. Uh, okay, quick break here, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to work, listeners. I want to tell you about a new offering from Sports Business Classroom, an organization that I was involved in founding, and now they are launching the CBA Mastery Course courtesy of the cap father himself, Larry Kuhn, who created the first CBA FAQ way back in 1999. Nobody knows more about the CBA than Larry Kuhn. And now for the first time, you can learn the same information that Larry has been teaching teams, agents, and executives for over 20 years at your own pace, which is awesome. All the sexy stuff is in there. Uniform player contracts, exceptions, trades, extensions, waivers, the Gilbert Arenas provision. All of it's available via on-demand video you can get interactive exercises you can do at your own pace there's an exclusive members only cba mastery forum definitions of all the key cba terms a certificate of completion if you complete the course you can also be included in exclusive emails promoting jobs in the in the industry you get a discount on sports business classroom 2021 business of basketball immersive experience in las vegas subject to admission of course and placement on the exclusive Vegas Summer League Talent Profile website, accessed exclusively by sports business executives looking for job candidates. If you sign up, you can receive 10% off the price of the CBA Mastery course using the discount code CAPSPACE if you're paying in full or CAPSPACE PP if you're playing with a payment plan. Once again, that's the discount code CAPSPACE or CAPSPACE PP for CBA Mastery at cbamastery.com. So I guess it's my turn to pick a team. What is your level of concern for the Miami? So I'm probably a little bit less concerned about them uh, just because... 
I think they're they're trying to do some stuff offensively and the way they play when you play a democratic system like they play that the risk of it is that you can end up with a lot of turnovers and that's really the thing that's been plaguing them democracy could be messy as we're as we're finding out (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so uh I think there's an element of that. And then Jimmy Butler is very much easing himself into this season. He played play better in the Oklahoma City game. Um, so but between those two things, I would say my level of concern isn't great yet. I mean, the one thing that sticks out is that Tyler Hero is has been regular season Tyler Hero and not playoff Tyler Hero so far. And I think the optimism for this year was that he'd be playoff Tyler Hero. Hasn't happened yet. I do wonder if they go back to starting Dragic. It is, it is, it is a little weird to have Hero as your starting point guard. Uh, They've gotten nothing from Mo Harkless. Um, I mean, he's—I I don't know if he's going to end up playing much. <laughs> like it's been that bad, and uh, so that's that's a little bit of concern. Like that Jay Crowder spot, they never really filled. They started Olinick last game, which is probably their best bet at getting enough spacing and it's still having enough size out there, even if he hurts them defensively. Uh, so I think they'll be all right, but. I mean, they're certainly not at the anywhere near the level they finished the season at. Yeah, I mean, you've got some guys just astronomical turnover rate on this team so far. Even old hands like Dragic and Butler, are like you know, seventeen percent yeah. or so. Um, yeah, I mean, they've kind of cycled through Harkless. Then it was Iguodala in that second Bucks game. Uh, although you know, I realize Andre Iguodala isn't out there to score, but you know, four point two per and forty five percent true shooting. I mean, that's not going to be good enough other than to just play a bit role in the playoffs and maybe keep him in if he hits a couple of threes so i agree i mean if they're going to get back to being a finals contender which is where we hope they would be this year they got to get that stretch four spot who can also defend filled somehow uh on the trade market i mean i, I don't think that precious achua is going to be able to improve enough as a shooter uh, and play smart enough uh, as a rookie yeah. to fill that role and you mentioned harkless uh i mentioned iguodala's 4.2 pr that's a little better than eight. At least he's at least he's above water. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's hard close. And uh, Casey Akpala, uh, the second best option in that spot is a 2.7 PER. Yeah, uh, you know, Myers Leonard's not going to help you there either. So, the, the, and uh, Kendrick Nunn has been a disaster. They're hoping uh, uh, to get some depth from him. I mean, the fact that Dragic isn't starting and Nunn has only played 61 minutes, yeah, in five games. I see, I still think they need to get Nunn a little more in the mix. I know he hasn't played well, but I just wonder. If you start Dragic, bring in Nunn as a backup point guard and and have Hero without quite as much responsibility to get everyone else involved, I, I wonder if that's a better look for them. All right, so panic meter for them, to me, I mean, they're not going to keep turning the ball over like this. Uh, so Dragic has looked pretty good. I mean, that's the one nice thing. Uh, and uh, I think my test for a lot of these teams is just going to be, what's your fastball look like? Uh, because it's just going to be, and, and they beat Milwaukee in that second game after getting completely destroyed in the first one, obviously, and giving up 29 threes. Uh, they did that without Butler. We haven't really seen 
them with Butler yet. And so, I, I mean, I think I would put it at like a four. Obviously, they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I'm not worried probably about them, you know, going up against like the Pacers or something. I think they'd still be favored against them. But I do think they need that extra piece. And whether they can find that or not, you know, they are still out future draft pick as well. Their 2021 and 2023 picks are already traded. So th- they'll obviously be a great buyout destination for someone like that. So I'm not that worried. Uh, but so I'd say say like a four for them. What, how about for you? Um, between a four and a five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. probably probably something like that. I I've, I can't say that I'm super concerned yet. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. And also, I think the fact that nobody in the East really looks that great so far. Um, I guess that's uh, maybe we can transition a, a little bit here. Uh, just to, in the Eastern Conference overall, is there anything that you've seen that would make you reassess your preseason prediction for the top of the conference? Uh, I would say so. I had Philadelphia tied tied with Brooklyn in the fourth spot. I would say I would be more comfortable fin- picking Philadelphia to finish ahead of Boston based on what I've seen and and potentially Miami too. I, I mean, Philadelphia finishing second in the East is a much more plausible outcome to me now than it was when the season tipped off. Yeah, at least during the regular season. I really yeah. don't care for them that much as a playoff team though. I just don't think they're going to be able to score. And I, I also worry about their scheme versatility defensively with them beat that's i i think they are i mean it's kind of right back to the same problems that they had in 17 18 and how they really i thought they underperformed in the playoffs that year losing to a boston team that was far less talent uh, yes yeah for sure um so i mean we'll see and, and obviously trades could figure quite a bit there in philly maybe even if it's not james harden even if it's you know just some other uh, on-ball creator that they could acquire um you know that that could be interesting i mean the it's funny because a lot of the stuff that's happened so far in this regular season like hasn't changed my view on what's going to happen in the playoffs at all um whereas you know Joel Embiid looks a little bit better like they're de- Philly is defending really well you know that's something that in the regular season in particular can really set you apart they're the number one defense right now but Ben Simmons still looks like the same guy you know that was really their path to me like oh Ben Simmons is really going to be like their primary perimeter engine on offense and that hasn't happened yet so no it's, to- still- it's Tobias Harris who has been actually yeah I, I mean are you buying him as like a playoff level primary perimeter scorer? That, no, no, I can't get yeah. there. He's not going to shoot 47% from three all year either. Yeah, so. and he's doing it really more off of kind of closeouts and other actions and finding judicious places to attack than he is, you know, as like, all right, we're going to give the ball to Tobias and he's going to create the opening for himself or or for others. Uh, but, and so you mentioned Boston and yeah, I think I'd probably have Philly ahead of Boston in the regular season as of now. But anyone who's worried about Boston compared to where you had them at the start of the season knowing Kemba Walker was going to be out uh I mean yeah maybe they don't like some of these bench guys don't look amazing but and Peyton Pritchard looks like he can play and be a rotation player and fill a role that they just haven't had on that team as like someone who can actually like really knock down shots at a high level in the backcourt and then Jalen Brown looks like a superstar you know he's not going to keep shooting this well but the idea that he could take another leap forward Tatum looks like the guy that we hoped he was going to be so you get Kemba Walker back and they got the 27 million dollar trade exception like 
you know, I, I'm like that Brown and Tatum duo, and then you throw in a, a healthy ish Kemba Walker and maybe one a couple more bench pieces, which are pretty easy to upgrade on what they have during the season. Like, I, I still think this team could be really, really good. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, having Jalen Brown go to another level, that, that changes your playoff upside more than anything that happens with like Aaron Neesmith, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a, because it's at a completely different level. This is one of your core guys who's going to be playing 40 minutes every playoff game. So his, his eruption, I mean, he was so good against, against the Grizzlies. My good, he, he had 40 and three quarters, I want to say. And yep. the shots, I mean, he was making shots against good defense that, it was like it was like Tatum was doing it, except it was Jalen Brown. It was that level of shot making, and well, and and he actually has more shake to him than Tatum does. Uh, now, is he going to continue shooting seventy percent from mid range all season? No, no, that's a, that's not going to happen. He's not going to shoot forty three percent from three either. So, but I mean, if you you can just say like Jalen Brown is now a guy that we can give him the ball and run a play for him, and he's going to uh, get us a bucket. You know, that's something that they didn't have necessarily before. So uh, even if he's he's going to take a step back, obviously, but even if he's still at that uh, that type of a level where you he can now be a big playmaker for this team instead of kind of like that gap scorer, uh, yeah, that's huge for them and huge for their future as well. With it, have him at twenty two or him at twenty four and Tatum at twenty two to build around both really good defending wings who can also shoot and can also play make. I mean, that's that's the foundation yeah. of a great team for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you almost feel better about their long term based on how they started, even if you're a little concerned in the short term about how many regular season wins they can compile. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a, I'm a little bummed out for them that they're not, you know, with this team and all the assets that they had three years ago, that those have kind of, I mean, now I shouldn't say that those were squandered because like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both came from the uh, Brooklyn Nets trade, uh, but yes. they had all these kind of low-level picks. Like that Grizzlies pick didn't work out. That that Kings pick didn't really yeah. work out. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Neesmith is is the pick from the Jeff Green trade. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, boy, are the Grizzlies probably happy that they got that obligation out of the way last year. Like that's <laughs> like that. I mean, yeah. that really has worked out perfectly. Like to be in the playing game contention last year mm -hmm. and then give up the basically the highest possible or the lowest possible lottery pick that you can, and then to go back to kind of where everyone thought that they would be this year, and you know, and have it be because of injury, not because their guys are bad. Get another high pick and then be like really ready to go with their foundation that's uh lucky for them and unlucky for the boston Celtics, who had the same yeah. shit happen with the kings <laughs> yeah that king's before. pick yeah that that was one i thought they they really thought they were in great shape yeah, I mean, A, making the Tatum trade, right? So they got a free pick out of it, and then they thought it was going to be an awesome pick, and it turned out to just be an okay pick, and they got Romeo Langford out of it, who I don't know is really going to end up helping them. Now, I have heard some people, like, shitting on the Celtics drafting. I'm like, you realize they drafted, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Braun, right? Both of whom, I mean, they had the number one pick in 2017. They traded down for Tatum. I think a lot of people, including me, were not on board with that. I don't think anyone saw Jason Tatum becoming this great guy. Jalen Braun was like a huge surprise everyone's talking about him being a reach in 2016 yeah. and he might be the best guy in that draft class when it's all yeah. said and done yeah yeah i mean they've definitely missed on some picks but 
They, I mean, they nailed the three most important picks were Tatum Brown and Marcus Smart, and they got those picks right. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. I mean, they haven't like screwed up the lottery pick at all, yeah. or at least like the high lottery picks. You know, right? Drafting- so like, okay, you drafted Gershon, yes, Yabuselli at sixteen or whatever, but like, who who is the alternative there that was going to you know uh, take you to the promised land? Yeah, I mean, they Yabusele was kind of a drawing dead pick. I was not not a huge fan. <laughs> I mean, and, and I there, think they- there 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 were some eyebrows raised in other draft rooms <laughs> so, uh, but yeah i mean they got and that was the year they took uh rosier too right wasn't that the same draft uh i don't think it was rosier would have uh, been 2015 okay i thought they had multiple picks that year uh, yeah no they uh, drafted on his season oh okay well that changes that everything year. i mean that that pick right there hey got him Kyrie. he was in that trade <laughs> he got them Kyrie. <laughs> If you are ready for some football, college football is heading into bowl season and there are some big matchups coming up in the next week. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear and there is only one place that has you covered, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, the name of this network, to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That is an awesome deal. That's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And check them out on social media as well at betonline underscore AG. Here at the Lockdown Network, rockauto.com is one of our favorite family businesses. They serve auto parts customers online, but they do it with that family touch. The chain store for auto parts, that model doesn't work anymore. They have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers. You go in, there aren't any parts out in the front. You go up to that desk. The guy goes into the computer system. They don't have your part. They say they can order it. You have to go back to the store again to get it. Why not just go to rockauto.com, enter your make and model, and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so all right we, we've gotten sidetracked a little bit here I'll, I'll leave it up to you now to uh discuss a team that is uh it may be time to panic for yeah okay um i would say pretty clearly time to panic here minnesota timberwolves <laughs> <laughs> I we got into this before the season. I thought this team would be halfway decent. Uh they are not. And even I mean without Carl Towns they really are not. Even when he's been out there they haven't looked very good. Um I, I don't I I'm struggling with where to start. D'Angelo um, Russell yeah is like he's all right. Well, but, he did have 33 and 11 against the suddenly putrid Nuggets defense last night, but uh he'd been playing pretty poorly before that and I mean, we've seen what having D'Angelo Russell as your best player looks like. Uh, you know, we saw it when they, even even his quote-unquote all-star year, when he was the only good guard on the floor, the Nets couldn't score. And then yeah. last year, obviously, with the Warriors, it, it was a disaster 
uh you know there it turns out that having one established three four or five on your roster is a problem especially when that five who's Carl Anthony Towns goes down yeah I mean they're trying to play four guards a lot just because they don't have anyone um it looks like Jared Vanderbilt might get more run here he's giving him some halfway decent minutes we'll see if that lasts I mean they traded a draft pick for Ed Davis yeah I mean part of that was to get off the dead salary of Spellman and and Evans and yeah but it was just to acquire another dead salary like they could have just waited for Ed Davis to get bought out and I think they would end up in the same place well they I think they would have run into the tax then I think that's why that's what it was about was like oh we think we can get someone who could at least be in our rotation and we'll also move on from these guys because remember they they had to take on those guys to get the Warriors out of the tax the previous year that was like a big part of the the value of that trade for the Warriors maybe not a big part but a part um I'm uh but yeah I mean Ed Davis can't play he's not part of the rotation um Ricky Rubio has not been the panacea he was negative 18 with five fouls he was he was the guy yeah I mean the one thing I really thought was that at least they had Ricky and he would be you know a really positive thing would help their second unit they'd run they get easy baskets he'd be a pest on defense and just hasn't happened um Anthony Edwards uh we we expected this would happen and it's this been the case so far where he's kind of an empty calories guy right now and put up some scoring numbers but not in any way that's been at all helpful um yeah after Jarrett culver went three for three from three i think that was on on opening night uh i had some wolves fans tweeting me that things would be different for him this year and he's now four for 17 from three on the yeah. season with a 9.8 per yeah he he had a nice tip dunk in the first denver game i'll, I'll yeah. give him that uh, I mean, he he actually i mean he plays hard he just his skill level just isn't there like he yeah. and if they can't fix that, he's never going to be more than like the 10th man in the rotation. I mean, he's trying, you know, he's got like a, you said he plays already 10% offensive rebound rate, although yeah. he's kind of playing as a four and they, they have, you know, if he's playing with Nas Reed, Reed will stay outside. So he's got a little more freedom to to attack the glass, but uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, he's shown a little more, actually a little bit more bounce than I expected when I saw him as a prospect, but th- yeah, the skill level uh, has not come through really at all. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, Malik Beasley's kind of been okay, I guess, about what was expected. But they've just, I mean, the way the way to success for this team was that they were going to be a powerhouse on offense, and that would make up for their future defense. And going into last night, they were 29th and off. Yeah, well, they moved up to 23rd. Uh, so things are looking up there. <laughs> yeah, all they needed was Juancho Hernan Gomez going uh, five of eight from three in a revenge game <laughs> against the Nuggets. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you, you and I had the discussion of you know are the wolves of the warriors going to be better i think you had the the wolves as a, a win better and through four games or so five games or so that was actually looking like it would be a race to the bottom for both those teams um but so yeah i mean for the wolves for me it's it's a 10 i mean there's just like if you like especially yeah. because they also don't have the draft pick i mean they're they're more you got to just be hoping they keep it in the top three at this point that's like your best outcome season i mean there's no sign of tom's coming back you know within the next week or so yeah yeah, yeah. And the, and so they could the the real danger is that Towns comes back and is just good enough that they end up with like the seventh worst record and don't really have a chance to move in the top four and 
just give up a high pick to Golden State. Yeah, I mean, and even if they have the worst record in the league, they are favored to give that pick up. Like the most likely outcome is five. Uh, and then you throw in the possibility of losing four as well if they bump up. Uh, they, they still would have a higher, they only have about, I think, a like 37% chance of something or being in the top three, even if you have the worst record. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that might not quite be right because there's like, no, oh, if, if this team doesn't get it, then you have a better chance of getting two or whatever. Like, you know, that there's some of that. But uh, anyway, it's less than 50%. So what's your number for them? Oh, on the panic meter? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's at least nine. <laughs> Definitely. Uh is it is it a is it a full I th- I think it's probably a ten. I'm um I'm, I'm really worried that they just suck. Um well and then part of it too, again, you know, if we're not limiting it to just this year, and to me, Anthony Edwards so far, I would say looks like the worst of those top three guys. Would you agree with that or, or no? I think he does probably. I like it, certainly in terms of your ability to help you win a game today. Yeah. That's not what it's all about. So obviously, that's but. not what it's that's not what it's about. But yeah, I mean, it's unusual for a team. They had the number one pick, but they're not going to get number one pick level outcomes from his rookie year. No, that that appears to to be pretty clear. I mean, Edwards right now forty nine percent true shooting, uh, not getting to the free throw line very much at all. Only thirteen percent free throw rate. It's been uh, a lot of uh, you know three pointers, but he's not really hitting those twenty nine percent. Ironically, right where he was at in mm-hmm. college on those, and his long twos he's been pretty broke on those as well. He's not, at least he's not taking too many of those long twos, but he also doesn't really it's uh if he shoots better from three like that i mean that's it's looking like that's what it's gonna have to be for him right like that's if he's not gonna be a quality three-point shooter and a guy who can create the three off the dribble then you start to wonder like what his game really yeah yeah is he just like malik monk with muscles uh and i mean and i don't i'm not sure i believe that he's gonna be this like really high level of three-point shooter particularly because he like he doesn't really seem to like get very good separation on those as well like he can still get it off because like he's kind of big and guys don't want to follow three-point shooters so they're not going to contest that heavily but like i mean i'm not seeing him just like shake guys and get open for that shot off the dribble the way you'll see some guys do no he uh he just he just counts on being able to out jump people and then he he changes his release sometimes too um which is what, what i noticed with him at georgia uh both between his off the catch and off the dribble and then sometimes he'll he'll pull it back more if he feels like the contest is too close it's just it's just not a consistent stroke yeah and if you have to change your shooting motion because you're being contested too much you might be taking bad shots yeah well <laughs> just, there is that yes just just a thought there okay let's uh move on to their foils in the john hollinger season predictions mm-hmm. the golden state warriors certainly well let me ask you this what would you have had it at before these last two games uh for golden state yeah uh probably like uh seven ish maybe like i would have been now keep in mind i i had no expectation of them being particularly good so i'm like okay yeah so, so my prior is like they're an average team basically yeah so yeah i think i picked them for the eighth seed that's kind of i think i had them for like 38 wins something like that so i i did feel like i needed to see them with draymond before i really went too far one way or the other and, and yeah 
But so so what are your thoughts now after these last two games on them? Yeah, so there's some outlier shooting percentage things going on, I think. With, like Kelly Oubre will make a shot at some point this year. Yeah. I'm and and he did sure. in that Kings game. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, I still don't think they're particularly good other than Steph. So well, I, w- yeah. I would say I'm not, I'm not really like panicked. I just think they're an average team that's going to have a lot of ups and downs like average teams do. So my concern after the first four games, first five games, I guess I could say, I mean, I had well there were many concerns I mean, obviously there was the shooting from the wing i thought that james wiseman was probably going to be a negative player for them overall where he's just he kind of like fell in love with the jump shot and he is you know the defense was looking really bad it, he's been better the last couple of games as well playing uh, with draymond but i mean the biggest things to me and also the biggest things for just the overall future of this franchise is at least on certain nights we know that steph curry can look like one of the best players in the nba and we know that Dray Draymond Green can look like an all-defensive player still, which is mm-hmm. what he's been these last two games. And like he's come in in pretty good shape. He's thin. Like He's moving around. He's very passionate. I mean, he still sucks as a shooter, but he's been an important organizer for their offense as well. Important to help Steph get off uh, as well. So now Steph Curry, and this is age, he turns 33 in the spring. Like, is he going to be able to keep up this level of one-man hero ball that we've seen the last couple of games? Eh, you know, that's, I question that. And Draymond, you know, same thing. Our team's going to start adjusting and just not guarding him like we haven't seen them do it against like an actual good defense yet i think they are going to really struggle against those but i think that the my hope for this team was they could be pretty good defensively and i think they've shown that type of a, a fastball on defense the last couple of games with mm-hmm. draymond back mm-hmm. um so i mean you know i think they'll still kind of end up in that like seven to ten range that seems like kind of where this is headed for them but they've also like gotten lucky as well i mean to be above 500 and to have a negative point differential to survive that and now if their guys back um and obviously any injury to stuff will completely destroy them. yeah yeah so i mean the other thing that you worry about if you're golden state is andrew wiggins has been the exact same guy that t wolves fans saw for all those years that no, nothing's changed yeah and i don't i mean if you talk to people in their organization they weren't expecting that necessarily the the constant refrain that you'll hear from them which is perhaps a reasonable one is don't judge him against his contract just judge him on what he is and he's a guy guy who you know, can get you some second unit scoring and can score 20 points for you sometimes other times he's going to look bad and then you know on defense at least he's if he's not going to be good he at least won't be someone that like teams are attacking specifically and he can mm-hmm. be a decent facsimile of a one-on-one defender uh against some of the the good players on the other team so it's uh you know like let me ask you this if, if andrew wiggins had been was gonna be a free agent this offseason what kind of contract would you expect him to get uh if he, if he didn't come with the uh, halo of being the number one overall pick, which I feel like still like guys carry through their career sometimes. Yeah, or, or fine, I, I'll I'll change up here. What contract would you feel comfortable giving? Uh, I wouldn't go above the mid level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think kind of that's probably what some would say is on the lower end of his value, and because he's what 20, 25. 25 this year. Yeah, I mean, and his uh, God, in that Kings game, his shot selection was atrocious. I mean, just like really bad contested long twos some of those he has to take on their second unit but even even with Steph out there he's taking a few of those that was like against switches and stuff where you're just like all right this this is awful you got to cut this shit out but right uh you know and then maybe when if Clay Thompson is back next year he will be able to cut that out. but uh you know Steve, Steve Kerr has always been a little bit too forgiving for the mid-range jumper I would say and you know it's one thing when it's Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant shooting that shot it's another thing when it's Andrew Wiggins 
Yeah. But I feel okay about the Warriors as long as they can avoid severe injuries. I thought it was encouraging that on a back-to-back, Steph and Draymond both still looked pretty good against the Kings. And like Steph Curry, when they go against bad teams, like Steph Curry is still going to just kill them, who just like aren't organized enough to stay with them and switch and communicate. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. No longer must you make do with a protein bar that tastes like a small child took a bunch of sand from the beach, put it in a wrapper, and tried to pass it off as food. The flavors of Built Bar are amazing. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. Those are the new ones. The classics like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, but still fantastic nutritional value as well. Peanut butter, for example, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. And you can even get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on, the name of this network, for 20% off at builtbar.com. What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new Sirius XM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. All right, who do you want to talk about next here? Uh, can we talk about Portland? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it turns out that if you sign better defensive players to improve your defense, but then those players aren't on the court, that you're not actually going to have a better defense. Really? Huh? <laughs> wow. Your, your ideas intrigue me. I'd like to subscribe to you. I newsletter. thought just having those guys around Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor would be enough. I'm actually looking up who they played at the end of the game last night. Uh, Yep, yep. Carmelo played the whole fourth quarter, basically, until the very end. And they did at least go back to Yusuf Nurkic at at the end of the game. Uh, Yeah, they're the first team, actually, to give up a 20-point lead this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, checking in on something we talked about last week. uh, There's been some work done on this. that, And I I think it was positive residual on Twitter. Forgive me if I'm not getting that right. But basically saying that the rubber band principle in fact has not held so far this yeah, year yeah which i thought was interesting. yeah that was that was interesting work absolutely um and yeah and schumann had this stat that uh until at least until last night no team had come down from 18 or more this season and there also have been more 30 point blowout at this point in the season than we've ever had like, i think there's been yeah. nine and there's one season with eight and then the rest were five so yeah this uh this blowout thing is real but uh that said not for the portland trailblazers apparently yeah um front court just hasn't been good i mean 
Nurkic has not been good. Derek Jones has been fine defensively, but has really struggled to find his spots offensively. They keep playing Carmelo, even though he's not been good at either end. Well, well, they're uh, posting like they're posting him up like he's shooting like forty percent from two. Like he can actually yeah. be effective as a spot up guy and also not playing next to Ennis Cantor. They're they're acting like he's still good. Is is what they're doing, and and it's hurting them. Yeah, as opposed to like adequate as a second unit guy and even even on the second unit like they don't need to be like posting him up like this it's like cj will be on fire or dame will be on fire and he comes in and he's uh they're posting him up in the mid block all, all the time yeah yeah and then gary gary trent's minutes are getting squeezed because they're playing mellow so much which is weird yeah it is and now covington he's shot it really poorly so far like he'll come around to shooting 34 35 percent like he always does like hopefully they'll mm-hmm. they'll stay with him but i i really i i mean are you starting to feel like maybe it's time for some new blood at coach so i think that the thought i had after that bulls game is i wonder if this seat starts getting hot uh, he only has a year beyond this one on his deal he's been there a long time they've keep they keep talking about improving the defense and it's not getting better you know they're 20 they're 28th in defense right now um I mean, there's a, he has the equity with Lillard and, and CJ. I think that helps him. But at, at some point, I, I think that. Th- that's going to be the change because it's the only change they can make. Yeah, that yeah, that's where I was going to get to as well. And, and I've been someone who has defended Stott over the years, but it, I did kind of have this feeling when they're trying to come back against the Warriors on Sunday and he's still playing Cantor and Melo the whole time. It's like, look, like the only way you're going to come back down 20 in the fourth quarter is you have to hold the other team to 20 points or less quarter. And mm-hmm. you're not, there's just no way you're going to do that with Carmelo Anthony and his canter out there like you know you have Carmelo Anthony guarding Draymond Green on the Steph Curry Draymond Green pick and roll at the end of the game like there's just you're drawing dead there's just no possible yeah. way that can work yeah I, I mean and yeah you're okay we need some offense but like if you don't stop the other team you can't come back and so there's just like you got at least like give yourself a chance to get in some stops and then hope that CJ and Dame can uh, bring you home um another reason for concern there and, and I agree with you too of just like you know that's kind of the only thing left that they can do because they traded two first round picks already for Robert Covington right like this is yeah and, I and, mean you could you theoretically trade for James Harden sure but a that doesn't fix the defense and b CJ McConnell has been their best player so far and he'd be the guy he'd be the guy who almost has to be in the deal so i yeah yeah the the, the fit between lillard and, and harden is not so and also like who they're not gonna have the best package for harden like i mean unless it's highly unlikely really yeah. craters yeah um uh, yeah. you know i don't i mean unless houston is gonna put some value on cj who at least is under contract for a while but i don't know if that's uh <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing yeah for, john wall having john wall and cj on those deals going forward that yeah. could, john wall looks could get a little rough john walls look great don't get me wrong but uh but yeah i mean that's when they don't have any changes left to make and uh, there's the other thing too is when you go all in as a front office obviously you love the roster that you put together or you wouldn't have committed those type of resources yeah and then when the coach isn't playing the, your two big offseason acquisitions. Although uh, Olshay does love him some Ennis Cantor too, so that's probably, maybe that's the yeah. way to get on his good side is playing playing Cantor. But you know, it does seem like that it's the only button remaining left to push on this team, CJ era if they're if they don't turn it around in these next couple of weeks here. Yeah. So uh, where would you be at for them, one to ten? Uh, probably a solid 
uh, should I say five or six here? I might even go six. Well, well, I'm a little what, what worried your, about them. You were lower on them to start the year, if memory. No, right. I had them as the uh, fifth seed in the West. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, there's some probably you had them as a possibility even for getting as high as third. And yeah, that just hasn't looked good enough. Now we haven't seen Daimler like really go crazy yet. You know, worth remembering too that he had that injury in the bubble that no one talks about. That sprained knee. I'm not yeah. sure how much how much how debilitating that was. But but yeah. like even even so even if Lillard goes bananas and they end up in the top five in offense again, them being that shitty on defense is the issue. And it's, it's, I mean, it, it hasn't looked like a fixable thing so far. Yeah, my hope was that with Nurkic, Derek Jones Jr., and Covington, they could have one of the best defensive front courts in basketball. And Nurkic has looked really bad as well, and that's that's a major concern because that so much of my hopes for them were built on him being able to return to what he was in eighteen nineteen, and that doesn't appear to be the case so far. Not at all. All right, who else do we need to talk about here? We may, maybe we'll save. Are they for real for next week? Because uh, guess what? Because we're so negative, we we obviously we took a lot of time here on the yeah exactly on, on the time to panic team um, i'm just amazed that you know if you you ever look at the srs on basketball reference yeah yeah there are only four teams in the west that are positive right now that's yeah who are they suns lakers clippers not the clippers not the clippers i think that 51 point l might have hurt their standing in this yeah yeah i um, guess i, I guess that so the team that gave them that l <laughs> dallas <laughs> yeah uh and the pelicans the pelicans yeah and then number five is Memphis. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then Memphis, you get into obviously. some of these other teams. Are are you worried about uh, Utah or Denver at all? Yeah, Denver was going to be the other one that I was was going to bring up. And, okay, uh, and Utah we can talk about a little bit too. But the number one thing for Denver is that Nikola Jokic continues to look awesome, other than throwing the ball over the gym for turnovers. But he's also getting just a crap load of assists right now. Uh, and I mean, it, before last night, I think he was leading the league in assists, which is pretty incredible yeah. for a center. And he still looks really fast i mean when he brings the ball up now like there's actually some like whoa he's moving pretty quickly this yeah is, this isn't just him sort yeah of like, he looks like he's in shape and yeah. yeah yeah so there's that aspect now their defense has been so bad and yeah they've had some injuries but not like that many to where i think you're uh you're really concerned backup center has been a, a problem for them i mean hartenstein has had some weird stats uh but they haven't been able to stop anyone uh with Jokic or with the backups out there i mean much as I derided the Pistons for acquiring him. Uh, they the Nuggets are missing Mason Plumlee to some degree. They're missing Jeremy Grant to some degree, and Michael Porter Jr. has been out due to COVID protocols. He's not helping their defense either. So I'm just starting to. And also, if your hope was that Gary Harris was gonna get back to that one year that looks he's like been terrible player now, like he has been terrible. On offense, at least. defense he's still bring, but he's the only one that they have right now. And Will Barton has really struggled, also. Um, and Jamal Murray has been solid. He's been in, all right. He's, I mean, he's <laughs> he's extremely inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been a, been a little quiet. Uh, and they're just they're not getting stops. And you know, you're so used to thinking of Denver as a team that when they go into their second unit, they almost always have the advantage over these last several years. And now you look and you're like, oh, it's Dozier, Campazzo, Morris, Green, like, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's a it's it's a regular second unit Yeah, at best. And they're trying to throw Barton out there as well, but he hasn't been effective. And, you know, they're below average at backup center on the second unit. I, now, I do wonder if one thing with Denver is if there's kind of a residual fatigue issue from having that extended run where it was 
not not just that they made it to the conference finals, but it was like seven game series, overtimes, and then not much of an off season, and they ramp back up again. How many of those guys are actually like still there and playing though? Who actually played big minutes? Like Will Barton wasn't there. Okay, uh, Harris came back and played you know two series basically, and that's it. Um, you know Murray and Jokic should be the guys you look at, and those guys seem fine. Millsap, he's playing well. Millsap's one of their better playing guys right now, at least on offense. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't. I don't. Morris. Much yeah. Okay. You're not. You're not buying it. I just think there's. I just to me the overall defensive malaise may be explainable by that. Yeah, it may also be explainable by the fact that they're not that good on defense. Yeah, that that's the other angle. Yeah. Well, this is another one where again, if you're, I, I mean, I think they'll figure it out. Like Jokic is really good. They've got some other decent players around him. You know, Porter will come back. There's no nobody in the West seems like they're going to go run away and hide from them. And you know, I had them losing in the first round this year, so I, I'm not okay. I, I mean, I think they're going to make the play. I was a little more bullish on them i had them i think i had them finishing yeah i had them finishing third in the west and they, they haven't they haven't looked to be at that level no but it's still early and i mean they're what they're two and five right now so so my my panic meter for them would be like a three i guess i mean just because i think they're they'll make the playoffs do they i think they'll still exceed the playing game and Jokic looks great so it's, yeah and they could make some trades probably to uh, fill in around on the bench if they need to yeah they still have some dry powder certainly they they you know they were trying to get true holiday obviously but they got some other ways they can go yeah. so i'd yeah i'd probably be about a three four on them january is important in setting the tone for the new year and in 2021 that has never been more true luckily our friends at cbdmd are here to give you the support you need to conquer your new year's resolutions and make this year your best one yet and if those resolutions happen to involve fitness they've got a brand new topical product that'll help keep you moving all year long cbd relief with lidocaine fuses cbdmd's hybrid broad stretchum formula with fast acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And with the new bag-on valve spray technology, relief can be applied comfortably at any angle, even upside down. To make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA, for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store 
but Utah, I mean, they've had games where they've looked awesome and they've beaten some good teams and then yeah. they've also... Uh, they've had games where they look terrible, right? Yeah, and I think the reasons for concern, Bogdanovich is looking yes. pretty crusty right now. Yes, and you wonder at 31, is that like, is that a thing? He, he's <laughs> right? got this wrap on his wrist too, which the, that he had the surgery on in the off season, <laughs> and that's maybe a little concerning as well. If he's yeah. gotten like some swelling in that wrist still after the surgery. Yeah. Uh, and they can't stop anyone on the perimeter, and they just have no perimeter defense. Like Royce O'Neal would be like a good second defensive wing on some of these teams, but he's yeah. And they ask him, they ask a lot of him, and he still like he just doesn't give them much offensively. Um, if if anything, like he's gotten a little more reluctant to shoot, and so that yeah, I think I think that spot in the rotation is a is a question mark. Gobert Mike Conley's looked a lot more comfortable. What, who looks more comfortable? Mike Conley. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, our uh, uh, our friend David Locke's been talking about how uh, he's really been able to be a little bit more patient in pick and roll and allow Gobert's role to take effect and use his gravity more than he had before. Uh, that's something that you talked about early, how he always was playing yeah. with a pick and pop he, He's, guy he's and not looking for Mark anymore. He's right. looking for Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's been shooting it well. But uh, Donovan Mitchell is another one of these. He's, he's been struggling. Right, yeah. and you if you felt, wow, he had these 50-point games in the that first series, although again against a comically bad defense at times in denver that maybe he would be taking another step and the early returns on that uh, are not good you know he's kind of at least they don't have to worry about the all nba <laughs> the most devious thing you could do as a western conference executive is to call every reporter you know in april and may and push for donovan mitchell to make third team all nba <laughs> well i mean it's pretty tough uh in the yeah you're gonna have a hard t- hard time selling that one right now yeah it, it would seem so. But, you know, again, Utah, it's kind of what were your expectations for them? If you're, hey, Ryan Smith, we're set up to pay the luxury tax for the next four years, and this team's looking like a possible first-round loser. Uh, it, it, it's funny, though, John, like we talked about, how oh, the West is going to be like this absolute murderer's row, and it's like, well, okay, like Utah. We, or, we got a lot of teams that can't get out of their own way right now, yeah. Yeah, Utah or Denver, like, you know, it doesn't seem like a tragedy that one of those teams is going to have to lose a first-round playoff series. Mm-hmm. But yeah. these teams are going to get going, you would think. I mean, this is just, it's just so hard to take anything away from this regular season. And we're going to, teams that had success in the playoffs before with their groups and have had success in the regular season before, this, I mean, Miami falls in this category too, as, as does Boston, where you're just like, all right, as long as they're not going to like completely miss the playoffs or be stuck in the play-in tournament, like I'm not ruling out that they could just turn it on in the playoffs and be really good. This is the most meaningless yeah. regular season of all time in terms of actual predictive yeah. value. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I do think it's hard, especially when you're kind of a young or rising team and you've made that first deep playoff run. I think it's really hard to come back that next uh, autumn, in, in most cases, <laughs> or December in this yeah. case, and and kind of bring that same intensity because you know that this is just one of 82 yeah. and it doesn't you feel quite like matter as much. Right. Yeah. So because, I mean, that was our experience in Memphis when we made that conference finals the first time 
that next, we, we were just so flat when we came back from that off season. We started the year 10 and 15. Um, and then we ended up winning 50 games, taking a Oak City team with hard, with, uh, Westbrook and Durant to seven games in the first round. But that, that, st- that malaise at the start, even though we had good players, it was just, it just, you, there just wasn't anything, uh, it, it just didn't feel, feel like as much as you were playing for anything, I think, uh, at times. And I think that's a little bit what like Denver, Miami, Boston, uh, might be going through. Well, in Boston, we've seen this. I, I I wouldn't put Boston in that category necessarily because I think they just they're just low on horsepower right now with some of the injuries. Yeah, but, that's true. That's but true. and and we see that with some of these teams, right? Like Boston, even in seventeen eighteen, they make the conference finals. It's like, oh man, like Tatum and Brown, these guys are unbelievable, and now they're yeah, getting, uh, yeah, you're right. And then they came out really flat the, the next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there was man, what wonder what would have happened if like Kyrie had stayed? That would just be like, all right, I, I don't even want to go down that road. Uh, any other sure. teams that you really you wanted to talk about their start here? We've got maybe like five, ten minutes left. Uh, so I think, I don't know if panic meter is quite the right thing. We got to talk about Sacramento though, don't we? Oh, why don't we just let the players' fathers talk for us? <laughs> Real house dads of Sacramento. Uh, what do you want to say about these guys? I don't the thing know. that's so bizarre is that Marvin Bagley has sucked. Like, what are you doing? This, like- this just in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like keep your mouth shut and just you know maybe they'll keep him in the starting lineup long enough for him to turn it around you know uh that's 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 just wild i mean they you know it was an optimistic start there at first too because like tyrese halberton looked really good uh they won that was did they win like at denver and play a couple other good yeah they teams beat denver and, twice yeah yeah and like yeah, I mean, without I mean, it's crazy to think that like Tyrese Halliburton's injury might have sunk their season, but Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> right. sunk their season because <laughs> they just don't get a lot of guard play. Otherwise, like Corey Joseph is a defensive player, and he just you you can't give him the keys to the offense. And when they play Buddy Hill to the second unit and have him run pick and roll, it just ends up ugly. Yeah, so. they're not as bad as they look against the Warriors. Like they just couldn't hit a shot in that game, but. I mean, I just and De'Aaron Fox to me doesn't look like he's taken some big step forward. Uh, they just don't really have any kind of a bread and butter on offense, other than really pushing the ball, which they don't do as much as they did under Dave that, Baker. Yeah, so their inability to play with pace, I think, has really hurt them uh, in the Luke Walton era. So part of playing with pace is getting some stops. They don't really have the talent to do that. I mean, honestly, if they just stopped playing Bagley completely, they would be much better off at this point. Uh, they're they're going to give him a little bit more time, I would imagine. But yeah, this is the Monty McNair regime, and there could be uh, yeah, th- there could be can an adjustment. Either, yeah, you can either move Barnes to four or play Belitza more. Or you you just have so much more spacing and create more problems for other teams. And there's more lanes for Fox. Well, and Bagley, I've said this on other podcasts, but and we actually for NBA League Pass, we did their game against the Warriors on Monday, and it was. I mean, I've never seen Marvin Bagley play worse. He's he's getting the ball and trying to post up on Draymond Green and getting like two charges that are just the most obvious calls that have ever been made I mean I, I love the charge call where the referee like he doesn't like make it emphatically he's like he 
just sort of points the other end. Like, <laughs> he just sort of points, like, like come like, on, like, like yeah, <laughs> come on, really, you're trying this, like, is, what, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you really, like, you really made a play that was so dumb that you're like going to force me to call this. It, it, it's just yeah. like utter bemusement from the referee as they go go the other way. So yeah, yeah, they got like three guys on their bench who would help them more than Bagley right now. Whether it's at center, starting four, or backup five, they got better players. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, there's I, I thought they were going to be the sixth worst team in basketball. They seem like they're well on track for that. Again, <laughs> I mean, there might be some teams that are worse due to injuries, but this is I would be surprised. Like if you compare them to say like the Spurs, I feel much better about the Spurs being in the play in than the King. I would agree with that, and, and that could be good for the Kings in the end because they if they get another Halliburton out of it, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm also wondering what do you think the idea is here in the long term they still got healed they got Halliburton you can't really play Fox healed and Halliburton together you know as like a closing or starting group you can get away with some of those lineups in the middle part of the game or against mm-hmm. certain teams that don't have any size at the three but what do you how do you think that plays out they move healed eventually can they I I mean I think you don't have to you, you don't have to do anything until one you know that Halliburton is a starting caliber player which yeah, I mean he's looked like it after seven games but maybe we should you know take it with a small grain of salt uh and then healed has to get to a point where he's actually tradable right and he so yeah he hasn't played well this year either i i do think at some point there's a market for him but that that market does depend on him being a top 10 shooter in the league he hasn't been that yet all right well i think we can wrap it up here what did you write about for the athletic this week so i'm actually uh gonna be writing a little later this week uh about the sophomore class of players uh that did not get to play in the uh bubble and uh, their their progress after nine months off. And uh, er- earlier this week, uh, took a look at some surprising issues, uh, you know, including the Raptors offense, uh, Cleveland's defense. And I had my scouting reports on Chicago's Patrick Williams and Gonzaga's Corey Kispert. Yeah, the uh, I, I enjoyed the uh, the two dribbles to the left pull-up jumper discussion. Yeah. That, that is, that's it's, becoming a, a big thing uh, among uh, Bulls watchers these days. Yeah, definitely on autopilot with that. All right, we will be back. Uh, around this time next week. Talk to you all then. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.